0: We're invest- no longer going to insure the oil and gas business. Or we're no not going to even gonna invest. These, or right. we're not going to invest. And, and
1: for those of you who aren't aware of what ESG is, you need to become aware of it very quickly. Uh, it is going to affect your business, whether directly or indirectly. Um, there are organizations, that, as David mentioned, that have uh, different committees. And there's a lot of people really trying to do a lot of work to, to build this up. So it is something that you need to be aware of. And I, the reason I'm kind of even stopping us in the middle of that is I don't think people were even saying this 18 months ago.
2: Oil and gas today is more than exploration and production. It's more than the feet drilled or the hours of continuous pumping hours. The oil field is a group of people, companies, technologies, and institutions working towards providing the world with safe, affordable energy that is sustainable for the billions of people that depend on the success of the industry. The Oilfield 360 podcast is a 360 degree deep dive into the leaders of the industry who will provide listeners with a first hand account of what it takes to build, maintain, and lead the energy business into the future. Oilfield 360 podcast is brought to you by the following sponsors Simmons Energy, a division of Piper Sandler. Simmons Energy, a division of Piper Sandler, is one of the largest and most experienced energy investment banking firms in the industry, offering M&A advisory, capital markets execution, and investment research. For more information, please visit www.simmonspsc.com. World Oil. For more than 103 years, World Oil has provided global decision-makers with coverage of the latest market intelligence and technological advances relating to the upstream oil and gas industry. To subscribe and learn more about these essential resources, please visit www.worldoil.com. Prang & Associates – The Global Energy Search Leader Prang & Associates is the world's leading executive search firm totally dedicated to the energy industry. Over our 39 years, we have assisted more than 750 management teams and boards in 75 countries and conducted nearly 3600 engagements. For more information, please visit www.pring.com EIV Capital EIV Capital is a growth equity-focused private equity firm which has been providing capital to the North American energy industry since 2009. The team has extensive experience across the entire energy value chain. We invite you to visit www.eivcapital.com and learn how we partner with entrepreneurs to build businesses. Galtway Industries. Known as the most connected and value driven manufacturing partner in the oil field, Galtway Industries specializes in developing and implementing supply chain solutions for top tier OEMs with a specialty in steel forgings, castings, machining, and fabrication designed to exceed expectations. Visit www.galtwayindustries.com to learn more. Tomahawk Safety Tomahawk Safety is a leading manufacturer of oil field safety gloves with products that are ergonomically designed for superior fit, offer best-in-class protection, and stand up to the industry's toughest jobs. For more information, please visit www.tomahawksafety.com Range Valuation Services Range is the only oil and gas focused valuation and appraisal firm in the financial services industry. Range specializes in appraising and valuing oilfield equipment, machinery, inventory and property and customarily works directly with clients, lenders, investment bankers, insurers and private equity and debt sponsors. For more information, please visit www.RangeValuationServices.com. Locked in Global Energy and Marine. Uncommonly different, Lockton is the world's largest privately owned insurance broker and risk finance advisor. Lockton's energy expertise is largely centered in Houston and represents the largest concentration of energy specialists, clients, and experiential knowledge in the upstream, midstream, downstream segments of the oil and gas industry. Besides risk finance and risk management consulting, Lockton provides commercial insurance and employee benefits brokerage, as well as human resources and retirement consulting. For more information, please visit www.lockton.com.
1: Welcome to the Oilfield 360 podcast. It is the second interview of 2020. And after last episode with Ann Fox, this is going to be quite the letdown because uh, I'm your host, Josh Lowry, and I'm <laughs> going to be interviewing my co-host, Dave DeRoad, and he will be interviewing me backwards. So you, we basically hit a home run with Ann and now We're this, fouling is gonna, out, yeah, this is a foul tip. This, <laughs> yes. is, this is, it couldn't be worse for you guys. So, but we thought this would be important to, um, For you, the audience, to understand who is hosting, who you're going to be listening to, uh, to offer some credibility on who we are in the oil and gas space and really why we're doing this. So, you know, David, I'm going to just jump right into it, start with you. This is not your day job. I want you to tell people what you do as your day job. And then also, if you don't mind, kind of give me a quick overview of what are you trying to accomplish in the podcast?
0: Sure. So, uh, Josh, day job is I'm with a company called Lockton Companies out of Kansas City, Missouri. We've got uh, 115 offices around the globe. I'm in the Houston office. My practice is the Lockton Global Energy and Marine practice. All I do is focus on providing risk finance and risk management consulting to my clients, along with insurance brokering, employee benefits brokering, and all sorts of other financial products, consulting and placement. And that's one of the largest in oil field services, correct? Yes. Well, in energy in general, I would say we're probably number one or number two largest provider of, you know, insurance related products to the oil and gas industry when you compare us to our to our peers. So that's all I do is focus on upstream operators, the service companies, midstream companies, downstream companies. But I really play with the uh, the e companies, the service companies, the drilling completion, production, intervention, abandonment service companies, okay. as well as the manufacturers, the consumables guys. So just a complete overview. I mean, you touch a lot of different people. I
1: right. mean, everybody has to have insurance.
0: Well, they do. But, but more importantly, what I help my clients do is understand that everybody has risks. And those risks, you can manage those in a number of different ways. You can avoid them. You can retain them and if you retain them how are you going to finance that risk and if you're going to transfer that risk how are you going to transfer that risk via contract to somebody downstream of you or uh, share that with somebody in a contract like an insurer or another third party and uh, you know there's a cost associated with that so really positioning myself as an objective advisor to the clients and helping them understand okay what are my risks How best can we manage them? And then what's the most optimum way to finance that risk? How long have you been doing that for? uh, About 15 years. And, you know, what I bring to the table that I think differentiates me than anybody else, everybody tries to commoditize what it is that we do. But my extreme focus in the space and my portfolio of clients gives me insight that none of my other competitors have, and in some cases, more insight than even my own customers
1: you know i asked you one time and i think you got it from your dad but f- tell me the story you, you mentioned focus as i said you know how do you do this because you are one of the busier people that i've ever met and i think anybody that knows you listening to this would agree with that statement you're actually i said what is what is your number one attribute you said focus Who, did you just pick that up or was that something that your family taught you i mean i know that it sounds simple but it's really not actually
0: no my old man told me a couple things so as you know like you uh and one of the reasons i think we get along so well is we have a lot of ideas uh ideas are great lots of people we call them shiny things over here. yeah shiny things we've got add uh those are all great but it's it's all about hd but that's fine yeah 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 yeah. (laughs) where it separates is whether you can execute or not and that is the world's biggest challenge and the only way you can execute on things is if you have focus and so my old man told me a long time ago, you need to focus and you need to focus, focus, focus. And he also said, you need to, you need to operate with a high level of intent. You need to have the gas factor, which stands for give a shit. And that's pretty easy for me, um, particularly in the oil and gas space. Um, obviously very interested in in engineering, geology, biology, all the stuff that you don't think about that comes into the oil and gas business is, present every day, Uh, but also to people. I love people. And the one thing that you and I both know about the oil and gas industry is it is a very, very small world. And we both have been literally taken all around the globe as a result of the oil and gas industry and uh, have been able to do those, those things around the globe as a result of relationships we've developed in all different places. And so if you enjoy people and you enjoy constantly learning and you enjoy challenges. That's what I love about my business. So I've been very fortunate to be involved in the oil and gas business in other ways than just insurance. And, and really, I try to position myself so that my clients do view me as a peer. Because uh, if they don't, how can I really talk to them about risk in their business if I don't understand, if I don't understand yeah. it? And so... You know, one of the things keeps me busy is spending a lot of time out in the field. And, you know, our, our mutual friend, John Daniel at Simmons, you know, one of the things that, that I Simmons Energy, is, one of the sponsors, energy, by the way, yeah, that he appreciated about me and that I appreciate about him and others like him is that, you know, if, if they don't know something, they generally call me and vice versa. And, you know, that high intent has allowed us to build this great network, which part of the reason we are doing this podcast is, which I think was one of your questions is, one, to share our network with the world and make sure that the world is aware of the stories of these phenomenal people that we know, and all not only all the great things that they have done in their own lives, but also the, the amazing things they do for people that work for them that are part of the industry as a whole. And, you know, I think the industry for the longest time has just kept their head down, just making modern life possible, producing uh, hydrocarbons for consumption right. of, of the planet. And that has now come into question and under attack. And so, well, know, I, mean, I think it's our little part of giving back to the industry that we serve, that we love to, to help be somewhat of a mouthpiece and make sure these stories get told to people. So they, they understand these aren't big, bad companies and these are big, bad people that don't care about people. No, don't corporations care about are the just, environment.
1: It's just an organization of people running a business, right? You know, and I think one of the things that uh, you and I both are a complete alignment with on the goal of the podcast is a lot of the people and guests that we're going to have on this podcast are going to be extremely busy, sea uh, level of major corporations that the average, you know, Joe and Jane won't get 30 to 45 minutes with. There's, they're not going to get a lunch with these people. So I know, I know that you feel the same way. I want to be able to help the stories and the passions of people like Ann and Scott Miller and all these different people that we've had on here you know, what are they really trying to do? It's because I mean, if you talk to any of them, the they obviously they they want to produce for shareholders, but really there's there's so much behind that that never gets talked about. The the people game, the, you know, trying to really navigate a new world where employees are first. And, you know, if a happy employee is there, then they're going to make the business, I don't want to say happy, but certainly an environment where. Fulfilled. Yeah. Productivity is just runs rampant. Right. So I know that's the big goal of what we're trying to do here. So on another couple of things, you, you, I wouldn't by any means call this a shiny thing because it's actually a thing that really needs focus. But one of the things that you've started up is a new coalition. And by the way, I've learned about coalitions. We'll talk about that here in a minute, but the Energy ESG Coalition. Why don't you give me a quick or take your time brief on what that is and what what your goal is there?
0: No, no, I appreciate you bringing that up. I think, uh, as you are well aware, I think one of the ways we met, I think, was either through John Daniel or PISA, which we're both on the board of, uh, Petroleum Equipment Service Associ- Association, gosh, can't talk this morning, and the other organizations that we're involved in. The industry as a whole, as I mentioned earlier, has done a lot of really good things. The one thing that they have not done very well is really talking about the why, and they've not done a good job of educating the public about all the good things that they do and all the good things that they're trying to do and that they want to do. I don't think we've met anybody uh, in the oil and gas business that we connect with and are in our network that... Really don't care about people, don't care about the environment, don't want to do better. Those, I mean, those do. people
1: just, they won't survive anymore, yeah. right? It's It really is a new, again, not that that was a legacy issue by any means, but it is a group of people in today's energy world that want to do the right thing. I mean, we're right. just like every other industry. I mean, the same people well, are out well, there running it.
0: Well, I think we've been doing the right thing. A lot of companies, could we do better? Absolutely. So back to the ESG. EESGC, which is EESGC.org, uh, is a nonprofit that we started. And the purpose of this is to create collaboration between the upstream, midstream and downstream sectors of the oil and gas industry to come together and collaborate on a common framework, as well as some nuances to their specific sectors of the oil and gas business about what should be reported from any ESG perspective and how to report it and get some collaboration there and drive the narrative. Because what I'm most concerned about is there's a lot, of mis- a lot of misinformation out there. And there are some groups that are utilizing this incorrectly as a way to work against the overall energy industry. I think the reality is everybody realizes we need every alternative energy source out there and also including the oil and gas sector. It's not going anywhere anytime no. soon. And and we've got to come together and drive that narrative. And so that's the purpose behind that. And so what you're going to see more and hear more about are the number of companies that have already said, we want to get involved. We want to sign up with think It's a great idea. There's not a common voice. We need a common voice. We need a collaborative voice. All of our industry organizations have formed ESG committees. Correct. I'm on several myself. But it's to make sure everybody is aligned and it's not to take away from what's being done there. But nobody really knows what they want to do. And in talking to large institutional investors, talking to banks, even talking to insurers, that's what tipped me off when you start seeing banks saying, we're no longer going to do this. And you see insurers now starting to do the same. That's really problematic. Yes. When you start taking away when you, the capital. When
1: you, be specific there. When you say we're not going to do this, what you're saying is we're not going, the companies or We're the no invest- longer
0: going to insure the oil and gas
1: business. Or, or, we're, no not even bank the, or right. we're not going to invest. Or we're not going to invest. And for those of you who aren't aware of what ESG is, you need to become aware of it very quickly. Uh, it is going to affect your business, whether directly or indirectly. Um, there are organizations, that, as David mentioned, that have, uh, different committees. And there's a lot of people really trying to do a lot of work to, to build this up. So it is something that you need to be aware of. And I, the reason I'm kind of even stopping us in the middle of that is I don't think people were even saying this 18 months ago. And, and maybe even sooner than that. Now it's, it's such a deal that everybody needs to pay attention. Well,
0: to. I think, I think it's, it's the issue is somewhat common, kind of like us having this interview, which I was hesitant against uh, earlier on.
1: Uh, for the people, record, I was very pro this interview. Yeah.
0: There are not a lot of people that like to talk about themselves. And I would say the oil and gas business has kept their head down, has made the modern world possible and have not felt like they have needed to. Now they have to. The good news is here's the silver lining. The reality is most companies are doing really good things. And most companies are doing the things that ultimately these investors, these ESG specific investors, as well as investors as a whole, want to see, want to hear about. They've just done a terrible job of communicating those things.
1: So the idea is, this really started what, in Europe, the ESG yeah, movement, and yeah, it's yeah. moved its way into the U.S. And it's
0: like, so let's all agree on what we need to be packaging up. Some of the stuff we're already doing, we just need to package it up and, and communicate it in a form that everybody can get their heads wrapped around it, and be able to agree on a common sense of measurement, so that we can we can improve and continuously improve what it is that we do. And so I think. You know, everybody's kind of starting to freak out and this, that, and the other. I, I think a lot of folks are doing some really, really good things. They just don't communicate it. And so, getting everybody together on uh, and collaborating on what that what that communication is, what it should be, how we should hold each other and the industry accountable. And it, this would be done on a voluntary basis, right? You know, you can keep your head yeah, stuck in the, in the sand. sand. That and, usually works out well for people. Yeah. But anyways, enough about that. More to come. No, but I
1: think it's great. And, and again, more to come, but I, there's, you are in a unique position, you specifically, because of your network, to coordinate. I know that Pisa and Leslie Byer and her team are going to do a great job. I'm sure that Noya, I, I, I know these groups are going to be doing great things, but you know, everybody's going to only, I say only, but they're going to worry about their members or their group. And I think that it, the more we can coordinate – Upstream, midstream, downstream, into this entire conversation, just the yeah. better for everybody. No,
0: they're all going to be very much involved. Yeah, uh, we need them involved.
1: And what, what's the website?
0: One more time, and we'll. It's e e s g g c dot org. Okay. So the energy Yeah, got it. So in that in that same vein, Josh, obviously uh we are both passionate about the industry that yes. we serve you've been in the business for a little over 20 years family business made it your own you do a lot uh advocacy for the industry yeah recently there's been an issue that's popped up that's affected a number of my clients it's it's also an issue quite frankly that is has an uh, impact on the entire country yeah. related to some tariffs and is. Potential, yeah.
1: Potential. So, but before I go to that, you know, you mentioned I've been in it for over twenty years. That's what's really funny about that is this is my official twenty year twenty twenty is the twentieth year in the business. But in I actually started in ninety seven, and I I hadn't thought about this story since you said a little over twenty years. But I showed up as an intern, and I'll never forget this guy saying, "Hey, I need you to clean out this warehouse and then torch cut this steel." And this is day one. And, he, and I looked and I'm, what am I, 19, 20 years old, probably 20 years old at that time. And he, he kind of sees the look in my face and he says, do you know how to drive a forklift? And I go, no. He was He gives me, gives me about a 45 second instruction, you know, on how to, and this wouldn't fly did today. He hand you a,
0: did he hand you a beer as well? No, no, no. He, no. he
1: just <laughs> gives me 45 seconds worth of instruction and then just walks off. I never got instruction on how to torch cut, but I end up. Moving all the stuff on the forklift, didn't didn't break anything, didn't do it. I couldn't believe it. I was terrified the entire day. And then I pulled out, I, I put a long sleeve shirt on, cotton shirt, and went to torch cutting, which once again, I had never touched one of those in my entire life. And I did that for two days, cleaned the warehouse, torch cut this metal, broke it into, you know, pieces of scrap that they could then sell. And I remember thinking, I have made a huge mistake. I'm like, what in the world am I doing here? And now I wouldn't have it any other way, right? I mean, I, I'm i not driving forklifts and torch cutting anymore, but I just remember working in the the warehouse that summer and actually two summers uh, in one in a foundry. But yeah, I'm, I'm from the steel business, right? I'm a steel guy by family background, my my grandfather and then my dad, who's still in the business uh, and then myself. So I came in as a steel guy and for the first ten years of my career, There wasn't anybody within my age group in the oil and gas world. I never saw anybody. I never saw women at all. I never saw anybody my age at all. And it was, and people would ask me, what do I do? I was like, well, I sell forgings. Nobody cares what a forging. Nobody even knew what a forging was. So I just started saying, well, I'm in the oil and gas world. So I started really getting involved as an oil and gas guy, I started trying to care about the oil and gas issues, not so much the steel industry, but even though I do care about the steel industry. So there you manifest that over a 20 year period. And I'm an oil and gas guy. I, I love the industry. I love what we're doing. And I feel that, you know, whatever I'm supplying, whether that be steel forgings or castings, that um, th- through my, I've got a company called Galtway Industries is my yeah. day job. We have a couple of different companies, but that's my primary. And within Galway Industries, we, are providers of what's called a fluid end block, and you know, full disclosure, I work for a uh, company out of Italy called Lucini Mame, and we bring in what arguably is some of the best stainless steel for fluid ends. So, 2016, we just stainless steel. The conversion happens at that time, really took over. So, we become one of the largest providers of fluid end blocks to companies like Garter Denver, you know, an SPM, an OEM type of company, and. That, that's great, right? So life's moving moving along.
0: Yeah. Well, one interesting fact I just want to cut in is to your point about the quality of the steel, people that don't understand that, that, that part of the world is famous for its steel. And yeah. it's also one of my favorite places to go visit because it's where Beretta and a number of the other best Italian gun makers are located. Well,
1: I probably shouldn't say this on air, but, you know, if they cut my pay in half, I'd be like, well,
0: okay, I'll still go because it's just,
1: it's the most beautiful part of, some, of the world, really. I mean, it's yeah. stunning when you go to Northern Italy and see, you know, kind of the heart of where steel was perfected. Uh, and that's not an exaggeration.
0: But, But one thing to add here too, I think one of the interesting things that's, that's happened in the last week, which I want you to talk more a little yeah. bit about, but you're not the only one who's saying that this is really good steel and uh, that it's the best fluid end up. Oh no no.
1: And, and that's really so, where the, I'm, I'm in a tough position, right? Cuz two my two lives are colliding right now. My steel legacy relationships are very important to me, US steel manufacturers forging companies. But then also I care about the oil and gas industry. So what's happened is two companies, won't say their names, but you could, they're very, you know, you can look it up. Look it up on Yeah, one's in Pennsylvania, one's in Chicago. Uh, they're fine people. I know them very well. They are. They have filed a petition with the United States International Trade Commission to basically look at, for lack of a better term, dumping from you know a couple different countries. One of them being Italy.
0: But they also kind of filed it. it oh time man,
1: that, that's kind of the part I'm most upset about. They filed this on December 18th, which is a Thursday, and with all responses due on January 2nd, everybody was asleep. Everybody was on vacation. So it. I had to work the entire Christmas holiday, which really upsets me because I've got two young kids and that's when I relax. So we, you know, my partners and I and and Greg Gilbert specifically at uh, Galtway, we jumped into Hyperdrive and we started trying to wake everybody up saying, hey, you've got to be aware of this because your responses are due January 2nd. And if you don't, then this thing is just going to sail right through. So it was a little, you know kind of felt like a rookie move to so me. Let's,
0: let's talk about the impact of that real quick. Yeah. Not, to, not to cut you off, but in the reason why you had to get in front of it, I mean, obviously you can represent steel anywhere, yeah. but we have mutually, we have a lot of clients that well, are utilizing. Yeah. Fluidin. fluidin. And, and and pressure, well, anybody
1: using pressure pump uses a product called a fluidin. And a fluidin is is the large piece of steel that goes on the end of a frack pump. So anybody that you ever hear the term frack pump fluid, I mean, this is, this touches I to say everybody, but a lot of different people that never think of a fluid end block. It's it, They they think of a frack block or, or excuse me, a frack pump. So I've had people, I've had more oil field service companies, large ones, small ones call me saying, hey, please keep fighting this. We do not want this. Halliburton put out uh, what I believe is uh, what is ever on everyone's mind. And I highly encourage everybody to go uh, and I'll have a link to this, but there's a, a website with the International Trade Committee that you can go and look at the public documents, but Halliburton Halliburton put out uh, a 17-page report on why this is going to be bad for Halliburton, and ultimately why this is going to be bad for United States energy industry. Because what this does is this will lock people into a supply chain that a they didn't ask for, b has not offered as much technological advancement in the last you know call it five years. Again, this is per Halliburton. Go read it; it's public. Uh, Not my opinion, but there's just, there's no way for this not to become a big deal. And if it passes, I promise you, you are going to, we are, there are going to be unintended consequences on if you're an OEM, if you're an awful service provider, if you, anything you touch pressure pump, you're going to, there will be issues that we cannot calculate for today. That's not a scare tactic. That's just a fact. And you know, they're the other side again, fine human beings, but they're saying things like we can handle this. Read the Halliburton report. It just doesn't. It doesn't say that. And you know, I'm a, I'm kind of getting off my soapbox here because I don't want to destroy anybody or tear them down. Because I I just I have such a unique role in that world. But I'm also not going to let the oil and gas industry get burned because some people want to you know kind of they've lost and they want to take their ball and go home. I'm yeah. just not going to let that happen. You let
0: the free market play. Yes, its, play its game
1: and go look what the tariffs did for uh, you know raw material 232. And by the way. I'm pro American business. I am not anti American. That's why I want to be very clear that to me, this is a I'm fighting for our industry, not fighting for my particular product. I just don't want to see the industry being in a position that they don't want to be in. Yeah, at a time when they can ill afford to uh, have supply chain issues.
0: So, you know, I think I don't know that we need to say any much more about ourselves, but hopefully, whoa, whoa, hopefully, boy, our I'm, listeners. Well, I know you're your, your just, favorite subject, yes. but uh, you know, I think. The, the whole purpose of this was to let people know that, Hey, uh, we actually are in the business. We understand the micro and macro issues impacting the business. We'll be discussing that quite a bit on our future podcast interviews with, with other senior executives from the industry, as well as investors and folks, uh, from the various regulatory bodies and, right. and organizations we'll have on here.
1: Yeah. That's a good point. You know, uh, you will, you've obviously heard our sponsors. We've got a good group of sponsors ranging from
0: World Oil, right?
1: Yeah. World Oil is our media sponsor yeah. and we're very happy to have them. Um, they're going to be able to take the message in the podcast global. Simmons Energy. And again, all these are going to be available to you and website. You can go look at their website, but uh, Simmons Energy is a huge proponent of what we're doing. And we look forward to, to that partnership with them. Lockton, you guys are involved in this. EIV Capital, and you could comment on Greg and those guys. But, oh, yeah.
0: Really excited about that. Uh, 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 I board. mean, I
1: could keep going. Steve Prang with Prang Associates and Associates yeah. and John.
0: I mean, these are just world-class companies. All people that are passionate about the oil and gas business. and Galway Industries uh, Yeah, Galway is, a, Industries. is a
1: sponsor. Tomahawk Safety. Yeah. Uh, they're an Impact Gloves. Uh, Range Advisory. I See, we have seven. How many did I get to there? I, I went out of order.
0: I don't know. We got a lot of people that want to get involved. You just... If we have too many people involved, we'll have uh, we'll have more uh, sponsorship announcements, and we actually will have podcasts, well, so so, which is kind of encouraging, exciting at the same time. But uh, this
1: is going to be the premier podcast.
0: Yeah. There's no question. What, we 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 won the podcast we, of the year. Last we won year.
1: podcast of the year in for 2019, and it's uh, you know it's kind of like uh, Obama winning the Nobel Peace Prize before he became president. Yeah. I think we won it on the hopes that what we're going to become. So I do believe I have very high hopes for what we're going to become. I'm going to ask you a question that I ask every guest and you have to answer this, even though you're going to tell me you don't want to, but you know, people that are listening to this, is there a piece of advice that you either got when you were younger or that you would give to yourself when you were younger? That uh, is something you live by that you would, would like to pass on to the audience.
0: Yeah, I think we talked about it earlier. I think, I think focus is incredibly important um, in anything in life, whether it be your education, your, your occupation, your, your job, most importantly, your family and your friends. I think focus is a really powerful wor- word. I'd also say, though, too, the cultivation of relationships with people is extremely important. When you talk to anybody that we're going to have on this show, you'll hear most of them talk about we and they and team. Very rarely do they talk about themselves. And so recognizing who you are, being self-aware, understanding what you need out of out of people, but then also giving back. I think that's that's incredibly important. It's it's incredibly fulfilling when you can help other people and it doesn't mean monetarily, uh, although the hope is that if if you're able to, you know, take care of your obligations and your family and everything else, that you try to give back. But it means volunteering a little bit of your time, mentoring yeah. somebody, whatever. Poor, so yeah, that's good advice. I think I think if you take care of other people. The world will take care of you. And I also believe, and, and I'll shut up after this, and I've car- always carried it forward, for it is if it's not hard to do, it's not worth doing. And I know that yeah. sounds kind of crazy, but that's that's just the way I view the world personally. And uh, I get the most satisfaction out of out of things. And I think most people do when they are challenged by something and overcome it. And so challenge, conflict are all good things, healthy challenges and healthy conflicts. Okay. So I guess. And how, all and how do
1: people get a hold of you if they're looking for, uh, wh- where's their website? They would. Well, Josh,
0: it. uh, as you know, uh, I've got a eight, 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 the road telephone number. Now so he's making
1: can, fun of this, but if this is real.
0: They, they can call me on the eight, 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 the road telephone number. It takes calls from all over the place. That's his,
1: that's his beginning of his Cajun accent. Yeah. You know, the road, you'll love to hear some of these Thibodeau jokes. So,
0: so, uh, you get me there. Yeah. You can also catch me on the, on email and uh, I got a lot of email addresses, but, uh, <laughs> d deRode at lockton.com love to hear from you and uh and then of course the probably the easiest one is David at uh, oilfield 360.com yeah, which is uh I think very similar to yours
1: it is Josh at oilfield 360.com yeah yep well this has been good
0: yeah yeah so look forward to uh, having you guys tune in on uh yeah. on more of our podcast we'll be uh interviewing some really just some exceptional people we've got a lot of people which is kind of fun calling us out of the blue that obviously so he's
1: being modest we won't say their names just because of uh restrictions on their you know a lot of these guys are public ceos and girls are public ceos but the guest list for season one is nothing short of spectacular i mean it is a who's who of the industry you are going to see you're going to hear interviews from guys and girls that you won't get 30 to 45 minutes with anywhere else a lot of them it's going to be their first podcast that they've ever done so uh, I just encourage you, if you're looking for us, it's going to be oilfield360.com or search oilfield360podcast in any of your uh, podcast platforms that you use. We are on all of those. We're looking back at Jonathan. He's our, our main man back there, so he'll take care of all the behind the scenes. Anything else you want to add to this before we shut it down for the day?
0: Yeah, I know Jonathan can make me sound better, yeah. but I just wish he could make me look skinnier. It's early. But I'm working on that this it's year. It's early. we got a big year yeah. out of us. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, that is it. We appreciate everything. Thank you guys for the support. All of our sponsors, we we really couldn't do this without you. So we just appreciate this. I promise you, the listener, that we will do whatever we can to deliver just world-class content every time we try to do something other than this particular podcast. Yeah, this one is, like I said, this will is a foul also tip.
0: promise to change your shoelaces colors every different podcast we do. So I'm going to give a free on, like, shout out the other day to and...
1: Whiskers.com. They are a shoelace company. Oh, boot
0: guys. Okay, lace.
1: That is a free plug to Whiskers. Uh, and I will not let anybody make fun of my shoelaces. So <laughs> thanks, Josh. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> See you guys. Bye.
2: For more information on today's guest and to learn more about our sponsors, please visit www.oilfield360.com. Simmons Energy, a division of Piper Sandler, www.simmonspsc.com. World Oil, www.worldoil.com. Prang & Associates, www.prang.com. EIV Capital, www.eivcapital.com. Galtway Industries, www.galtwayindustries.com. Tomahawk Safety, www.tomahawksafety.com. Range Valuation Services, www.rangevaluationservices.com. Lockton Global Energy and Marine, www.lockton.com. Piper Sandler Companies, NYSE PIPR, is a leading investment bank and institutional securities firm driven to help clients realize the power of partnership. Securities brokerage and investment banking services are offered in the U.S. through Piper Sandler & Co., member SIPC and FINRA. In Europe, through Piper Sandler Limited, authorized and regulated by the UK Financial Conduct Authority, and in Hong Kong, through Piper Sandler Hong Kong Limited, authorized and regulated by the Securities and Futures Commission. Asset management products and services are offered through four separate investment advisory affiliates. U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission (SEC) registered Piper Sandler Investment Management LLC, PIPR Capital Partners LLC, and Piper Sandler & Co., and Guernsey-based Parallel General Partners Limited, authorized and regulated by the Guernsey Financial Services Commission, Simmons Energy, a division of Piper Sandler are the energy specialists of Piper Sandler.